What's going on, listeners? You're listening to Go Shazam Yourself. That's right. You heard correctly. It's not Go Chuck Yourself today. It's Go Shazam Yourself. My name is Chris Gillespie. My name is Aaron Arada. And we are here, the hosts of what is typically Go Chuck Yourself, to talk about a film that came out in uh, earlier this year, 2019, uh, entitled Shazam, about a young man who gains superpowers, and when he uh, has the powers, uh, he turns into one superhero that is performed by Zachary Levi, That's who Chuck. is, of course, the star of Chuck. And uh, this is, although, I don't know, there's Tangled, I guess. He's the lead in Tangled. But I would say for the most part, like, this is Zachary Levi's big screen blockbuster debut. Yeah, I think this was a huge deal for him to get. um, Considering, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but he originally auditioned for the role that Adam Brody plays, which is, like, a very small part at the end. um, And then got the lead role. So I think, like, I know that auditioning is hell for everyone but i think that's a pretty big leap to go from like that kind of bit part at the not to insult adam brody's ability or what roles adam brody should get but you know this is a big deal this is a major blockbuster this is like a dc which i know is not the same as the mcu but it's like a big deal to be in a superhero movie these days that's kind of like being in star wars yeah and he is he was in the mcu briefly as a very small role. Oh, right, he was. Yes, he replaced yeah, uh, Josh Yeah, even though he Dallas. was supposed to be the uh, in the Thor one as that character, yeah. but Chuck was uh, was taking up his time. So then, of course, he was only in Thor two and uh, Thor three. But Briefly. yeah, very very small role. In it's that. very weird to think about Chuck and Thor filming at the same time. Like it I, is weird. I know that was happening, but they just feel like in completely different times. They do. But we're not talking um, about Chuck today. <laughs> Shut up, Chris. <laughs> Enough of that talk about Chuck. We're here to talk about Go Shazam Yourself. Uh, a few things before we get started. There is a, uh, a listener survey that is available for you to complete. Uh, if you would be so kind, it helps Aaron and I get a better feel for what our listeners' thoughts and feelings are about our uh, show, Go Chuck Yourself. This is, of course, Go Shazam Yourself. If you have feelings about Go Shazam Yourself, yeah, I guess you could awesome put those in the survey, Go too. Ahead. But the uh, the link for the survey is going to be in this episode description. It's also in our show description. So whether you can uh, you click on it directly or you copy, it, copy and paste it into your preferred uh, browser, it's very brief. It's anonymous. I think it's hopefully fun. So <laughs> yeah, it's fun. If you um, if you like me, which you probably don't, but if you are like me, you may remember Quizilla, which was a very fun uh, website where you could create quizzes. It was kind of like an early precursor to like fanfiction.net and that kind of thing. But there were also quizzes. If you miss that, like I do. Hop on. It's still available. You may think that it went away after our last episode, but the, the survey is still there. You can fill it out whenever you want, but like do it now while you're thinking about it. Even yeah. do it while you're listening to us. Just ignore us. Just fill out the survey. <laughs> Judge us in real time. You can start with a score, and then as the episode progresses, be like, yeah, I think I'm going <laughs> to knock that down a peg. Exactly. Or maybe you would be like the casting directors for Shazam, and you'll be like, I was going to give them the uh, very small supporting role, but you know what? I think they're... Their lead quality. They're real, real couple of stars. Hell yeah. Thanks. Um, Thanks for saying that about us, hypothetical <laughs> listener. Maybe so, we'll get cast in Shazam too. The casting director of Shazam is listening to this. 
none of this uh none of this nonsense we're not going into being trolls 2 i don't want to start any campaign about being in trolls 2 i mean I we can't be a premonition that's like, about that's coming out way very soon we would, we would if anything it would be trolls 3 <sighs> maybe maybe i would i would not turn away from being in shazam 2 uh but i don't think it's gonna happen anyhow let's talk about shazam 1 shazam 1 you may not know this, or perhaps you do, but it was in development hell for almost 20 years. I know that. It was in the works for a long time, like before superhero movies, you know, before the, you know, Iron Man and the start of the MCU and before before like the Dark Knight. And uh, well, I guess that's not part of the DC extended universe, but um, like yeah. Man of Steel or whatever kicked that a off long, it was way before a long, that. long, long, long time. Like Man of Steel actually, I don't know if you read this also but man of steel was like one of the reasons why one of the many reasons why it couldn't get off the ground initially so if you think about that like it was it was in like pre-production before man of steel even came out and then man of steel coming out like messed it up and that feels like a different era too man if you told me man of steel and chuck happened at the same time that i'd believe i think it did though uh, I don't think so. I think that might actually not be the case. Man of Steel came out when I was working at Walmart, which was the summer after our sophomore year. So Man Yeah, that of checks Steel, out. It'd be 2013. Yeah, and then Chuck was like 2011. Chuck ended in like, yeah, end of 2011, okay, early so 2012. It's not, it's not crazy. You, may, you just no. sounded like I was crazy, but that's not that different. Okay, maybe they were filming at the same time. I Maybe. Maybe. But yes, they were concerned that Shazam's powers were too similar to Superman's powers. And therefore, there was going to be like too many superheroes in the market with the same kind of thing going on. (laughs) Though Shazam is pretty different than Superman. A lot of differences. And also, like in this movie, they kind of play with that. Like, I know that the like the climate is a little bit different for how we do superhero movies, but they do kind of play with like. Ah, he's like Superman. He has bullet immunity, like suit, like, and then mm. like not to get ahead of ourselves again, but like the ending, like they reference Superman, like they can do that because this, this is in the DCEU. <laughs> Rolls off the tongue it that DCEU, uh, but an interesting part about the development hell for Shazam was I know that what you're gonna say. Dwayne Johnson yeah. has been associated with the idea of the film for. a like since the beginning yeah i think he uh, was one of he really wanted it to happen he really wanted it to happen he was either going to be shazam or he was going to play shazam's villain whose name is black adam uh, and dwayne johnson is a executive producer on the shazam film but he's actually going to be uh in the standalone black adam movie which is coming out two years from now great maybe to the day mark your calendars (laughs) december 2021 Dwayne The Rock Johnson will be Black Adam. I'm looking up Black Adam. I know I was talking big game like I know who that is, but really I just researched this movie. Um, I'm not super familiar with DC as much as I am with Marvel, but he kind of looks like Shazam. Yeah, he's like like evil Shazam. He's like an evil Shazam, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So that's going to come out, and then presumably there will be another movie (laughs) that will have Black Adam and Shazam both in it. I know Shazam 2 is supposed to come out like April 2022. Yep. Something like that. I mean, we have time to be in that. We got three years. Who knows I guess what so. our lives will be like at, at that time? It's true. But 
when this movie came out in April of this year, April 2019, mm-hmm. it was in theaters at the same time as Captain Marvel, which is funny because Shazam used to be called Captain Marvel until and that there was, was a very confusing to me. Bitter legal dispute between Marvel and DC about being like, uh, we have a character named Captain Marvel, and Marvel's like, uh, we're fucking called Marvel, <laughs> sir. That's and they're exactly like, well, he's our said. character. <laughs> and they're like, well, we're going to make Captain Marvel a woman. And they're like, fine, we'll just change the name of our Captain Marvel to Shazam, which is already way catchier and more fun. But it's crazy that Shazam was in theaters overlapping with Captain Marvel, yes, but then also towards the end of its run, Avengers Endgame. (laughs) It's so weird. It's so, like, I was watching this and I'm like, I... I did not hesitate at all. I mean, I hesitated to go see Endgame because I was rewatching all of those goddamn <laughs> yes, movies. Of but I didn't hesitate to see Captain Marvel in theaters. And then once I was completed my uh, my training and my studying for Endgame, I was ready to see that. But I'm like, I can't imagine that there were people like moviegoers being like, what movie should I see today? And there's three superhero movies <laughs> out at the same time. And you're going to be like, yeah, I want to go to that one. I want to go to the Shazam one. Like, I, well, it's I such think- a weird... I think what they you have, have to think about in that scenario, like, as someone who did that, um, like, I wanted to see <laughs> Shazam because it was, like, di- it purported itself and to an extent is different from the mold of, like, the Marvel superhero movie. Because, like, superhero movies didn't, maybe when this was, like, being developed, they didn't have, like, a form. But this is kind of like saying, like, we're breaking the form because it's about a little boy. And, like, it's funny. And you're used to these dark things. Like, Thanos just, like, wrecked everybody. And now you get to see, like, a little boy doing, like, boy things. He, want, he wants to go to, like, a strip club. And he's, like, trying to find his mom. And that's different. I think DC movies have the reputation. I don't think this is going to be too controversial to say that, like, DC has... The reputation of being not as good, but it has the reputation of being good when it kind of breaks that mold, as opposed to trying to be like really dark, like something like Man of Steel, which some people like, but you having like the Zack Snyder, like really dark things aren't as successful maybe as like something like Wonder Woman or Aquaman who like whether or not you like them like they're trying something different so I think Shazam kind of had fit into that mold of like it's gonna be a little bit funny it's gonna be a little bit irreverent it's not gonna like uh be precious about the superhero brand Mm -hmm. although it does technically exist in that world I don't know I think there was an interest in it well, I would say based on how it did in the box office, it did very well. Yeah. So there was interest in it. I though I can't it because it's set during Christmas time. Yeah, it's kind of weird that it came out in I'm, April. I'm like, this must have been originally slated to come out in like November or December at some point, right? Because I feel like April is the like the least Christmassy time <laughs> of year. Like you've just it's not right after Christmas. But it's a little far out from Christmas where you're like, I'm sick of Christmas and all that crap. I'm done with it. But then it's not close enough to Christmas where you're like, I'm getting a little excited for Christmas. But it's also (laughs) not like the middle of the summer where you're just like dying of heat. And you're like, oh, my God, I wish it was like cold out and like snow would be nice and having hot cocoa. Like April is just like, don't come at me with any Christmas (laughs) crap in April. Watching it uh, now. I don't know when you watched it, but I watched it it last night. Yeah, yeah, it was great. I was I, like, oh, I, this is exactly what time of year it is. I didn't know how Christmassy it was, but we literally, I watched it the day, that, like an hour after I put up my Christmas tree and like nice. put the decorations up and then it's sat so down nice. and watched Shazam and it was delightful. Great. Uh, so 
Speaking of Shazam, we'd like to fill you in about what happens in Shazam. So if you uh, if you're ready for a plot synopsis, then continue listening. If you do not want to listen to that and you'd prefer to go watch it on your own, then this is not the show for you. <laughs> go ahead and turn that off or pause it. Watch the movie and come back and then uh, listen to our synopsis of Shazam. I believe, Aaron, you are, uh, as is Go Chuck Yourself tradition, you are starting us off. I am going to start us off. We start with, um, as Chris and I were discussing this before we began, um, if you're looking at the Wikipedia synopsis of Shazam, which I am uh, at this time, there is a disproportionately maybe large paragraph describing like the beginning scene of the movie, um, which is doesn't really have anything to do with Shazam. I mean, it has things to do with Shazam, but it's not focused on Shazam. It's not focused on... Billy Batson, it's focused on Thaddeus Savannah, who is played by Mark Strong when he's an adult, and I uh, may be referring to him as Mark Strong throughout, um, just to warn you, but it's a flashback um, to upstate New York in 1971 that is focusing on kind of the, the villain's origin, I guess, and so if you're looking at the Wikipedia synopsis, it's disproportionately large for a relatively small part of the movie, but it's also, um, maybe we'll talk about this later, but it's a little bit disproportionately large within the movie. It's really setting up the whole mythology. Like, this is the main, not to get ahead of ourselves again, but when um, Billy, Batson, and Shazam do eventually meet, Shazam, the wizard, kind of doesn't explain a ton to Billy, this is the this beginning section is where we get all of the explanation of who Shazam the Wizard is, who the seven deadly sins are, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So, as such, we get a flashback to upstate New York, 1971, where the Savannah family, which are young Thaddeus, who is a little bit of a uh, nerdy nerdy boy playing with a magic eight ball, and then he has um, the worst dad and brother in the world, all all they really do is make fun of him and call him like a weak boy and say that he has to like grow up and stop playing with his magic eight ball. And really all they exist to do is just like torment Thaddeus. So Thaddeus is, uh, he sees some weird uh, symbols on his magic eight ball. He gets transported to some, some like underground. It's called the, uh, I want to call it the rock of ages, but I don't think that's what it's called. Do you mean the Rock of Eternity? <laughs> yes, that is what I mean. Rock of Ages is something else. Um, he gets transported to a magical temple in another dimension, and he meets a wizard called Shazam, who is the last of the Council of Wizards, which was, I guess, a group of seven wizards. We don't get a lot of information about them. Um, but Shazam is the last one, and he says that he's searching for someone who is pure of heart to give his powers on or give his powers to, to protect the world from the seven deadly sins. Thaddeus is, I guess, being tested to see if he's pure of heart, but he uh, gets, there's some statues of what we learn are the seven deadly sins. They start kind of whispering to him to, like, take the eye. He, he sees this eye, and he uh, um, pretty much immediately is just like, yeah, okay, I'll take that eye, which... I think a little bit of this is Shazam the Wizard's fault, because if Shazam the Wizard was like, hey, uh, so th those demons are going to tell you to take that eye, don't do that. But, like, he doesn't know who to listen to. He's just in this weird world. He just got there. Nobody's explaining anything to him. But that's the point. Shaz Shazam doesn't want, he doesn't need to explain it to someone who's pure of heart. So it's yeah, a well, test. Okay. If you That's why it's a test. If you, told, <laughs> if you told him the answer to the test, then it's not a okay. test. Imagine this is a job interview. No, that's not even, that's not good enough. Imagine this is like, 
a psychological evaluation. Say you're going to visit a new therapist and you walk in and they're like you, they're like some kind of experimental therapist. And you know that, you know that this is weird. Now, maybe this isn't even right. Say you walk into, say you're looking for a new apartment and you walk into an apartment. There's two people in the apartment. One guy says, hey, welcome. I think maybe you might be a good fit to live here, but I want to ask you a few questions. And then the other person who's there says like, hey, can you, can you get that thing off that table for me? Like, who are you going to listen to? You don't know. You have no context. You don't know that those people are bad. Get the thing off the table and hand it to them. You're just being polite. I think Thaddeus okay. was just being polite. You started this bit by saying that this was a psychological test on me, but I feel like we really just got more <laughs> of an insight into your psychology there. I don't think uh, I'm pure of heart because I think I would. I just think he, like, if you're transported out of a car to another dimension, you have no idea uh-huh. what's going on. Shazam's yep. a little creepy. So, uh-huh. like, why would you, like, immediately think he's the one you should trust? Maybe the test is, will you help out these other creepy things? You know? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you that's don't valid. know. But uh, he chooses I, um, wrong. That's the that's the point. <laughs> the long and short of it is that he chooses wrong, and uh, Shazam gets very upset with him, and then transports him back to the car that he was riding in. Yeah, but you, time well, has to, not okay, passed at all. Point out what he says, which is, "You will never be worthy." To like a child, like what is he like ten? That's so that's so messed up, Shazam. <laughs> I feel like we could do a whole episode just about this one 10 minute scene, Uh, but it's so (laughs) it's so heavy handed at so many points because it was like as soon as the episode. So, okay, so after he says you'll never be good enough, he transports, which is just echoing the same feelings of inadequacy (laughs) that the father and brother have been projecting onto uh, young Thad his entire life. Yeah. So he gets transported back to the backseat of the car. Time has is not gone by. It's a second later. So he's gone to this other dimension. But. His dad and his brother think he's just being weird. Yeah. His dad, like, veers off the road. Um, and you think, like, oh, well, that that could have been bad. But everyone's fine. They seem like they're okay. And then they, uh, what, they, like, jackknife, kind of. And then they get hit by a truck. Yeah, when, right away. Was it, I don't know, if it was just me or, like, as soon as the scene opened, it was like, okay, there's a family in a car and it's a flashback. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I've seen television and movies before. I know this leads to, like, a life-altering car accident. Yeah, it's, it's going to be bad. It, it was like, oh, it was winter time too. It's Christmas <laughs> Eve or something like that. I'm like, oh, there's it's icy and they don't like this kid. And it was, and then the wizard's like, you'll never be good. I'm like, what? <laughs> also, my thing is, like, why is the wizard... Why, how long has he been cycling through people? Yeah, Allegedly that's, centuries. That's something that's not clear. I'll I'll touch on that later. Why is he so bad at it? And <laughs> why? Okay, I just don't. It, what? No one. It was the. I don't think. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too highly of myself. But if I was presented with like, hey, don't touch the evil orb that the demons are telling you to touch, <laughs> and I'll be, I'll turn you into a superhero. I'd be like, okay, I'm well, not going to touch the orb. That- that's what that's my point you no, should but say you could, that you could just get the vibe from it like it's <laughs> this is evil this whole and like i don't all i'm saying is that i could have been shazam that's all Chris i'm saying pure of heart. Um, i'm pure of heart what Continue. About, i mean what about the reason for the season what about jesus was jesus not pure of heart couldn't jesus be shazam was jesus yeah, okay. just not around <laughs> That's an extreme example of what I'm saying, but like, yeah, over the course of Gandhi? like really, we got to 1974 AD. 
and he got to this kid. Like, how long has he been cycling through people? Yeah. And no one, no one can do it. No, no one, one can do it. But maybe someone can. Maybe someone can. Maybe he should just look a little bit harder. Shazam. In the, in the, in the year 2019. <laughs> so um, much like uh, much like the movie, our, our discussion of that section may be disproportionately large. But uh, moving on, we... Flash forward to 2019, and we meet Billy Batson, who is uh, a little boy. I mean, he's 14. He's not like a little boy, but he's 14. When we first meet him, he is hanging out outside of a pawn shop, which he has called the cops because someone has broken into, supposedly. Um, Once the cops go in to investigate, he locks them in, and he uses their police scanner to... I'm... I'm sure this makes sense if you know exactly what he's doing, but I was a little bit unclear that he, like, looks up someone's license plate to get their address, but I don't know why he had their license plate in the first place, because what he's doing is he's trying to find his mother, um, who, Billy is a foster child who's lost, we find out, lost, like, got separated from his mother as a really young child. I guess he didn't know his mother's first name, so he's looking for women and men in the Philadelphia area who are have the last name Batson. So he uses the police scanner to do this. He finds someone named Rachel Batson's address. That is, that's the point of this scene. Um, we also learn that he's a little bit cheeky because he, uh, he kind of talks back to the cops once he's like locked them in this pawn shop and he steals one of the cops' lunches. Little, little rascal. So he travels to uh, Rachel Batson's house and finds out that that is not his mother. Did you like this scene? Um, yeah, it was fine. Yeah, it was fine. He, he, it's not his mom. Um, yeah, you're like, oh, that's disappointing. Yeah. We have a little flashback to a winter carnival in Philadelphia where Billy's mom, who is very young, um, is trying to win him a prize at the carnival, but she she only wins... He wants a tiger, but she only wins a compass. She gives him the compass so he can find his way home. Almost immediately, he drops the compass and loses her and then goes to... Uh, the the cops say your mom will come back, but when we we find out that that di- she didn't come back, so he's a foster child now. Bad parenting, a theme of this movie so far. <laughs> so far, and it will well, and it will continue a little bit. But there are some good parents who we are about to meet. Billy has a very harsh conversation with his social worker. Did you pick up a, like why are the adults in the first half of this movie so harsh? She's like, Billy, your mom doesn't want you. Like, I don't think, I I get tough love and everything, but I don't think you should say that to a 14-year-old child who has, like, had a really rough go of it. So Billy gets, um, Billy has been to a, a large number of foster homes and that he's run away from in the search of his mom. He gets assigned to another foster home, which is run by Victor and Rosa Vasquez. There's five other children. Mary is kind of like a, she's she's about to go to college. She's very smart. There's Pedro, who doesn't say a lot. There's Eugene, who's like a computer hacker. There's Darla, who's just like the cutest like person in the world. And then there's Freddie, who is a superhero enthusiast. And uh, Billy moves in with them, and he's, he's none too enthused. He doesn't really believe in families. He only believes in his relationship with his mother. Here's something I want to ask you just related to that flashback. Do you remember, probably not, but do you remember how old you were when you, like, knew your parents had names? No, I do not, but that was interesting because I was thinking, I'm like, at first when I was watching the movie, I was like, oh, come on, he doesn't know the name. Like, why would he not know that? I'm like, no, I guess if he was, like, really little and he just didn't know. Yeah, Like, that's an interesting moment of, yeah, like, child psychology that they're exploring there. Just like, no, he doesn't know. 
doesn't know the parents' yeah, name. Yeah, like oh, that. Yeah. I mean, that scene was like horrifying. Like I, I feel like that was a legitimate fear I had as a kid. Like every time I lost my mom in the grocery store, I was like, I'll never find her again. Like that's, and that's like, I don't, I mean, I think as time goes on. So what, if, if he is 14 now, this would have been happening in like 2005. Like as, as time goes on, this gets a little iffier. Cause I feel like if this happened like right now, like people have like social media and stuff, like I feel like, with the internet, it would be harder to, like, lose a child and never find them. Like, I mean, we find, like, on her end, maybe not, but, like, he could find her on Facebook, maybe. So, anyway, I had another question, I had another note. One of thing, the things Freddie says is that um, he he tells Billy that the, the Vasquez's, like, nice demeanor is on an act, and it gets real Game of Thrones around there. And, like, when this was original, like, when this movie came out game of thrones was still happening but do you think this joke still works do you think people still i mean people still know what game of thrones is yeah i don't know it's really hard to say so, uh, what eight months after <laughs> game of thrones ended yeah you know i think it was just a little show that a lot of people have forgotten by now well it's just such a niche to, thing like, write it out of their minds i feel like everybody's like oh well that's over like we don't have to think about it ever again freddie is disabled so he uh he kind of has a you know, he's got a big imagination. He's really into superheroes because uh, this is a universe where Superman and Batman both exist yes. in real life. So he's all about that, which and is cool. And they may have fought each other a, at some point. In they the probably past. fought each other and destroyed a city. And uh, yeah, so he's really into superheroes and kind of uh, really knowledgeable about that subject matter. We are introduced to this family, then we're introduced to Billy's new school, something that I wonder, and maybe you wondered too, and maybe you, the audience, wondered, is why these kids of vastly different ages go to a school together? There's this not... is television in the movies, Erin. <laughs> I've never seen this in a movie before. You got, I feel like they, yeah, they just throw a bunch of kids of different ages into the same school and call it, it like... Like, Darla is a, like five. A junior high school or something, or a it's middle not, school. That's not a... Okay. I don't but know maybe how they have different, Maybe they have different wings and they all share a communal lunch room. Okay, maybe it's a little weird that all of them are at the same school. I, I will concede that. It was, it's a little strange. Because you have, like, a high school senior to Darla, who seems to be in, like, the second grade. Yeah. Maybe it's just all the grades in this one school. Yeah, okay. So that's, you know, one of those Philly schools where everybody is there. Um, so we find out, we move back to um, Thaddeus, Savannah, Mark Strong, whatever you want to call him, who we find out has been researching this, uh, the Rock of Eternity, other, play, other people who have been tested. And he finally learns that the symbols that he saw are some kind of code to open up a door to that uh, to that place. So he finds out the sequence that he needs, and he opens a door in his office. The woman lead scientist who he has been working with, who is actually played by the wife of the director of this movie, um, she realizes that she's, like, in over... She thought that they were researching mass hysteria, but in fact, like, they were researching a real thing. She immediately dies, so it doesn't really matter. She, like touches the door and burns up whatever whatever it was really whatever. disturbing yeah, it was really disturbing um but the point of the scene is that mark strong returns to the rock of eternity and he he goes back for that eye he's been thinking about that eye he puts it right in his own eye he puts it right in his face and then he uh gets like the 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 statues that were the seven deadly sins go into his body he has superpowers now he's like hey shazam you know you you messed up 
You should have, whatever. You don't have a champion, and I am the champion of the bad people now. Yeah, the Shazam the wizard is still sitting there being like, oh, couldn't find a champion. Oh, well. Yep. And then Mark Strong walks in and just becomes a evil, evil supervillain immediately. And even then, so then the wizard uh, basically has to, to scramble. Yes, uh, that is. <laughs> and apparently what we learn in this scene, I thought that he was always testing kids to see if they're pure of hearts. But it seems when they're interviewing people that there's people of different ages who it happened to them like recently. So I yeah. guess he's just testing whoever. Why couldn't he's he testing... test them as kids? If he tested them as kids, he could get in on the ground floor. Shazam, get better at this. Use, testing a, use Simply men, Hire women. or whatever. Use Indeed. Are you here of heart? <laughs> Apply at Shazam, the rock of eternity. I use ZipRecruiter <laughs> yeah, for that's... all my superhero <laughs> champion needs. Yeah, that would be a really good ad. ZipRecruiter, please pay us. <laughs> so anyhow, the wizard Shazam is in a predicament where he's like, oh shit, there's a villain now and the seven deadly sins, which I, I don't know, struck me as a little biblical in my mind. Like, so well, Jesus, it should be Jesus. <laughs> Jesus should be Shazam. Yeah. He's the champion fighting the seven de- deadly sins. But we're at the school and uh, Billy is having a tough time. He doesn't really want to hang out with any of the other kids from his foster family. And he ends up saving Freddie, uh, who's getting beat up by some stereotypical bullies. I really, I know bullying is a problem and it has always been a problem and it will probably always be a problem. And that breaks my heart. But I just, <laughs> the, I'm sorry to laugh at that. That was very genuine, Chris. The stereotypical depiction of bullies in media, I always think is funny because I don't, I think it's ridiculous because it's yeah. always like, I'm like, it's so stupid that bullies exist in the first place that I just, I don't know. Well, like, I don't know where I'm going like with this. Thaddeus's parents, Thaddeus's father and brother at the beginning are like the worst father and brother in the world. These are like the worst children in the world. Like they're like, right. they drive they're their like truck, teenagers they park and they're... it on the curb. I don't even know, like why, why does that even <laughs> allow that? Why isn't their truck towed? So Billy is fighting off these guys because he's got a little bit more street smarts uh, and they end up chasing him out of the school and onto the subway. He escapes from the bullies and he's riding the subway and as I wish every day when I'm riding the subway to and from work, he is magically transported to another dimension. <laughs> Since I've seen this movie, I've been riding the subway and I'm like, maybe today's the day. Maybe today's the day I get turned into a superhero. That'd be nice. Chris, I think so, we're learning some things about your psychology as well. Seems yes, like we you are. you really want to be a superhero. What an exciting bonus episode this is for everyone. <laughs> the So he gets teleported to the Rock of Eternity and he meets Shazam the wizard and Shazam the wizard gives him like a really brief version of the spiel not like the really long extensive one that he gave baby Thad but he's basically like yo I need a superhero I guess I'm dying or there's a villain so you're the only person that can do this because you've kind of fought off some bullies but not really because he just run, ran away and it's gonna be like a recurring problem but I really am kind of in a tough spot so I guess it'll have to be you uh so he gives Billy his staff and he says that all of his magic powers will be transferred to Billy as soon as Billy holds the staff and says the wizard's name and then Billy asks what the wizard's name is and he says Shazam and then Billy laughs and then kind of mutters Shazam or like awkwardly says it and then all of a sudden is beamed up in a massive like lightning bolt and he gets all of the powers uh which 
there's a lot of the movie is dedicated to figuring out what Freddy's powers or not, sorry, not Freddy, but Billy's powers are as Shazam, but they're basically uh, electricity manipulation, near invulnerability, super strength, speed, and eventually flight. So he's kind of like Superman, but a little, he doesn't have like the ice breath or the laser vision or things like that, but pretty similar. He's got a cape. And uh, when Billy is transported back down to the ground as a super version of himself, he is Zachary Levi <gasps> as Shazam. <gasps> and I was so happy to see a friendly face in this movie. Um, yeah, Zachary it was Levi's. really, like, I feel like, I mean, it is kind of the point, like, for when he gets the superheroes, for you to say, like, wow, things are picking up now. But it was really nice to be like, oh, that's, like, that's someone I know. Like, we're in good hands now. This is going to be yeah. fun. And uh, so Zachary Levi as Shazam is performing as a superhero who's also a teenage kid. And he I think there's a lot of overlap in the performance between his rendition of Shazam and Chuck. Yeah, because they're both I, kind I of like now too. man, not man children, but got average guys who are all of a sudden have this crazy power and thrust into a new world with new responsibility yeah, and trying and to it's figure kind of over out their heads like what like yeah. they have they have this duty that they have to fulfill without like enough information and there's like like people who understand more who are trying to explain it to them. like there's a lot of similarities i think it's it was very interesting and i see why he was well equipped for this role he was his his time as chuck really served him well in this role because it was like he uh, there's like an inherent goofiness to to both of them, yes. but they're both good at being serious. And they can be earnest, but it's also they have that good comedic timing. And uh, yeah, so the whole thing with Shazam is that he can turn. He switches between being Shazam and Billy by saying Shazam. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't know that at first. So he goes back to the house and kind of meets up with Freddy. Uh, but he's Zachary Levi. Yeah, and he's everyone's an adult man. That an adult man is coming around to this foster home. Um, he, but Freddy is pretty excited about it. Fred, like once he, Freddy gets over yes. his shock, he's like, "Sweet! Like my friend is a superhero." So they begin kind of doing what you would think that you know young teenagers would do with Chris. superpowers. Chris, or as me. an adult man, would do. <laughs> they uh, they kind of take YouTube videos of Shazam testing out his powers and learning how to do things. Uh, he doesn't really do anything heroic. He he starts like doing party tricks and like panhandling for money on the street and <laughs> yes. performing. His one and his one like brush with heroism is when he tries to he hears someone screaming and he runs over to help, thinking that a woman is being mugged, but in fact the woman was threatened with mugging and instead sprayed a man in the face with pepper spray and he's the one who is screaming. And then the woman like is afraid of Shazam and gives him money, or is afraid of Billy and gives him money. So that's when he learns Oh, I can get paid for this. Yes. In a universe where, once again, Superman and Batman exist, all of the... There's a, an immense novelty around there being a superhero that does, like, fun stuff. Yes. And people don't really know what to make of Shazam. Billy's kind of enjoying his his alter ego. Freddy's enjoying it as well. It really brings them closer together. Billy starts skipping school. Not cool kids. Stay in school. <laughs> Uh, yeah, any but, children listening to Go Chug Yourself slash Go Shazam Yourself, please stay in school. Eventually, Billy kind of gets too much to into being Shazam. So he is getting a little cocky and he starts moving away from Freddy because he thinks Freddy's jealous that he doesn't have the Shazam powers. And uh, Billy ends up doing something stupid where he like shoots lightning out of his chest and accidentally hits a bus 
yep. on the other side of town. Yeah, he does. So One of he kind of is does. thrusted into a uh, a moment of actually having to be a hero and trying to figure out how to rescue people from this bus that is about to uh, fall off the side of the overpass. And he struggles to do that and eventually does it somewhat safely because he finds out that he's invincible. Mm-hmm. And uh, then there's news cameras and everything. And because of him being on the news, uh, Mark Strong, a.k.a. Thad, a.k.a. Savannah, see him on the TV and he flies over and confronts him and tells Shazam not to get in his way of what he's going to do or he wants Shazam's powers or something to that effect. And then uh, Savannah realizes that Billy or Shazam, for whatever reason, knows Freddy. So he decides to capture Freddy to use him as a pawn against Shazam. And then uh, from there, Freddy takes Savannah to the foster home where, you know, Savannah captures the rest of the foster yeah, kids. Yeah, the rest of the kids. So it's kind of a bad situation now. Shazam is actually going to have to be a hero and save his foster family. But he, try- he finds out as he's trying to distance himself from his foster family that they were actually trying to help him find his biological mother. And he gets an address and a name and he goes to her address and he ends up finding his biological mother living in a large apartment building somewhere yeah, she's in Philadelphia. Yeah, she's two subway stops away is the important part. Like, she's very, very close. Very, very close. And so he knocks on her door and she opens the, She opens it and it's the same woman from the flashback at the mm-hmm. carnival that, you know, was Billy's mom. And he is really emotional and he's, he returns the compass or he has the compass that she gave him initially on that day. And she's very confused to see him. She's kind of like not super into it, surprisingly. Yeah, it's and it's a very genuinely depressing scene. Like, it's very <laughs> sad. <laughs> it's very awkward and very strange. And he explains like, no, I'm here. Like, I found you. I've been searching this whole time. And then she's basically like, oh, yeah. Like she... I'm not really into you. And she explains that she, when... She and Billy got separated at the carnival. She was like relieved and then decided that because she was a young mother. That yeah, she was. You she have- says she was 17 at the time and she thought that she would have a he would have a better life without her because his father was I. they were from another state. I think maybe Michigan or something, Minnesota, one of those states. And his father wanted nothing to do with him and ended up in jail. And she was a young mother raising him on her own. And she kind of knew she not necessarily she knew where he was all along but she wasn't really interested while he was looking for her she was not looking for him no and she is not interested in developing a relationship with him even now that he is in front of her so it is kind of revealed that she is in some kind of dysfunctional relationship and billy very easily is able to let this go and he returns the you compass to her it go? yeah i thought I think he was he, crushed I think he was so sad. He was like sad. And then he was like, whatever, I'm going to go return to my real family, which. Okay, he does say that. You're like, whoa, you were having these feelings about your foster family this whole time because you he has some bonding with some of the other characters. But the movie is led trying to imply is that like he has some moments with his sister, like or Mary, the older foster sister, just got into college and she's been struggling because she doesn't want to leave her family behind. And he's Billy's advice to her is like, you're only responsible for yourself. Just focus on yourself. But his 
foster siblings did this kind of selfless did selfless things for him like are trying to protect him from mark strong and are trying to help him find his mother and everything so he sees that like his mother who was like the paragon of parenting in his mind is like not actually as much there for him as his like quote unquote real family who are is his foster family so i <laughs> and think i'm like, saying that he's able to process all of this immediately he's as he's walking boy. down the hallway 14 year old boys are famous for processing things well <laughs> being so emotionally intuitive <laughs> yes uh so he's leaving that and he's like whatever i'm good and then he gets a call uh, on one, I probably like Freddie's cell phone or something like that, and it's actually Savannah, and it's Savannah announcing that he's taking all of the foster kids, ho- foster kids hostage. So Billy has no choice but to show up as Shazam, and it's really cool because he like goes up to the top of the apartment building and then jumps off and says Shazam midair and turns yeah, into Shazam a, and then a flies away. Cool scene. That was very cool. Uh, and then he arrives at the house and they have a moment where Savannah wants to take all of them to the Rock of Eternity, where the wizard staff is being held because that's what transfers the powers. And uh, so all of Billy as Shazam and all the foster kids go into the Rock of Eternity and the demons are let loose. Also, we did not talk about the scene where Savannah ex- like takes out his revenge on his dad no, and his brother. Whatever. There's like a brutal scene where he kills a bunch of people. It's fine. It's just, I think it's disturbing. I so something that I think about this movie is that there's a lot of different tones going on, and I feel like that was the a part of a tone where it was like really dark and strangely violent in a way that I felt like was yeah. It not was pretty, the first time I saw that with scene, everything else, pretty disturbed, pretty. Upset. I just think it's disturbing because it's like ostensibly a lot of innocent people who are brutally killed by these horrific demons. Yeah, they're and also getting thrown out of a building. It yeah. just felt like unearned. And but then there's like the dad who's left. He's like in a wheelchair because he's paralyzed from the car accident, and he gets mauled by another demon. Yep. Anyhow, so these are the demons. They're scary. Yeah, they're scary. All seven sins. Uh, they live in uh, Savannah's body, and he summons them whenever he wants, and they kind of look like the monsters from Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> they're scary, but also like not that scary, but pretty scary. And uh, so, yeah, as they are in the Rock of Eternity and all the demons are out of Savannah's body... Uh, Freddy throws a batarang that he has a souvenir batarang at Savannah and actually ends up cutting him in the head, which is strange because he's supposed to be invincible. Yeah. But then they realize that he actually becomes, I guess, vincible or, yeah. you know, able to be hurt vulnerable. when vulnerable, <laughs> vincible, you know, same one thing. Of those words, v words. When, when all of the demons are outside of his body. And uh, yeah, and then they escape somehow because they were able to they're trapped there by Savannah. And then they talk about like, well, Billy, how did you get out of here the first time when you were stuck here? And he's like, oh, I just like wished I was back on the subway or like I was envisioning I was on the subway. So then they ask them. They try to figure out someplace to envision where they want to go. And and, Billy, uh, what does he envision, Chris? Billy envisions that he goes to a strip club, which is something that he's been doing as a grown man, a superhero. He's he and Freddie have been going to a strip club, so he and all of his foster siblings are magically transported to the nearby strip club. Oh yeah! And from there, they run to a a winter carnival that is in full swing. And you know what carnival might it be? It's the carnival from the beginning of the film. It's the same carnival. It's the Philadelphia Winter Carnival. You know, it's uh. 
It reminds me of a uh, a good episode of Chuck Chuck versus the Gravitron. And you know Santa Claus is there, which reminds me of another good episode of Chuck Chuck versus Santa Claus. So you know, take um, your pick. A lot of similarities to Chuck. They're everywhere. So the carnival is kind of the crux of the movie. We have um, everybody's there. There's Santa's there. You know, um, the bullies are there on the Ferris wheel, spitting at people. That'll come into play later. Um, all the foster kids are there, and. A big fight ensues. Mark Strong um, arrives and he unleashes the sins onto like the all the innocent people at the carnival who scatter. Um, first, they're excited to see Shazam, but they're not excited to see the sins. Shazam starts battling what is apparently wrath. I think maybe someone is able to categorize which sin is which, but more on that later. But <laughs> I, I was not. But according to Wikipedia, Shazam starts battling wrath and his siblings are captured by the other sins. It works out because there ends up being a appropriate number of sins to the number of siblings. Yeah, that's actually pretty uh, pretty good planning on on the part of this movie. <laughs> it's like it was written out ahead of time. Yep. So um, Shazam, Billy, t- steals the staff from Savannah. He um, it again. He processes a lot of information pretty quickly and seems to figure out that if his siblings put their hands on the staff and say his name, then they will also turn into Shazams. Or wizards, whatever you want to call them. Um, <laughs> Wizard superhero that's champions. Not what, that's not exactly where, like, that... I don't know if I would have understood it to mean that, and I was pretty confused about why that was allowed, because um, the wizard could have just given his powers to a bunch of people. I don't know. I don't know about any of this. I'm sure it makes a lot of sense in the comic, if you've read the comic. But uh, whatever. They say, and there's kind of a cute scene where he's like, say my name, and they go, Billy, and nothing happens because you gotta say Shazam. So then they say, Shazam, and then they all turn into superheroes and it's very cute um they seem to be like an amalgamation like each one has a specific power as opposed to shazam zachary levi who has all the powers so like darla is super fast pedro is super strong etc etc and we get to see adam brody who is freddy's alter ego which is i thought really good casting like i think zachary levi would have been good as like an alternate freddy but like adam brody great casting it's exciting to see him. You know, you love to see it, Chris. I didn't know him from anything, so I am well, confused that's not why. Um, I have been discussing with others recently what we're going to do when we run out of road with Chuck, and uh, The O.C. is another show that we could cover. So, <laughs> Good Lord. Get to let's... see a lot of Adam Brody then. <laughs> I have not agreed to anything like that. <laughs> well... We'll talk about it after the show. But uh, <laughs> so the the fight ensues. Every um every sin fights every uh, sibling. The bullies are rescued from the Ferris wheel that they have been in. But um, Freddy is the one who rescues them. Freddy can fly now, and he gives them both what are called suitcase wedgies as he flies them into away from danger. Um, which is fun because he kind of gets his revenge, but he also proves that he also is pure of heart by like rescuing them, even though they've been really mean to him. Shazam eventually lures Savannah up to a roof. Eventually, there's a showdown um, up in the air. Savannah and Shazam are both flying. There's kind of a cute scene where Savannah is making like a classic villain speech, but 
Shazam is really far away from him and can't hear anything he's saying. He just sees him, like, yelling and gesturing. It's very cute. But finally, they have a showdown on the roof of a building where Shazam reveals that Savannah has one one sin left in him, and it's the one that has characterized his entire life. Of course, you know, envy. We know that. he's He's been envious this whole film. It's not a surprise. It's not confusing. He's been... He's, he's envy. That's his sin. And uh, Shazam kind of... Uh, provokes Envy into leaving Savannah's body, so Savannah almost falls to his death, but he manages to, uh, Shazam, once he defeats Envy, manages to rescue Mark Strong, so again, he's, um, he's pure of heart, he he rescues someone who is mean to him, but, you know, Mark Strong is harmless now, because he no longer has any demons inside him, the siblings defeat all the other demons, and the carnival applauds, Everyone at the carnival sees that they are safe and they applaud all these superheroes, which I thought was a nice scene, but it's a little weird considering that there's, like, emotionless Mark Strong at these, like, superheroes' feet. Like, they presumably just, like, murdered this man and his body is still there and everybody's like, woo, yeah! Woo-hoo! I was more caught off guard but like, why are there still people here? I mean, they should have... That's a good point. They should all flee. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, we'll just... It's like if it's raining when you're at a carnival and you're like, oh, we'll just ride it out. It'll be okay. Well, it's good. We'll get a little wet. But yeah, we'll be fine. Like, oh, there's, there's a super villain here, but like, we'll just like chill for a little while. <laughs> we'll like go sit at the restaurant and have, you know, have a snack. And, and like the then... weird thing is, um, Jill is there and like the fulcrum agent and they're just like, hey, like, we love carnivals. We're just at every carnival. We're just carnival hopping around the country. So the movie ends back at the really strange all-ages school. Um, Freddy, earlier in the movie, made a comment to everyone that he was friends with Shazam. And everybody made fun of him that no, he wasn't. But all of the foster kids get together at a lunch school table. And who should walk in but Billy as Shazam? And he's like, yes, I have been friends with Freddy this whole time. And Freddy's really excited about this. This would kind of mortify me. Everyone, like, <laughs> I would be so embarrassed if someone came in and like, was like, hey, look, like, look at her, everyone. She like, I'm friends with her. But um, <laughs> the last shot of the movie is that Shazam says he's brought a friend. And which friend is it? It's Superman. And Freddy's like, woo! But we don't see uh, Superman's face, so it could be it could be anyone. It could be um, Henry Cavill. It could be whoever else. He- <laughs> Henry Cavill's stunt double, who is actually what is the who is Superman in the Shazam? It could be uh, Henry Cavill with a mustache. Henry Cavill without a mustache. Because they cut off his. They don't show his head. Yeah, they Superman don't show his head. So it could it's be a clever anyone. way of doing it. It's funny. Also, like, when did Shazam meet Superman? When is this scene set? Yeah, I was, I was, confu- I'm like, how? A so lot of like, questions. It's, but it's a good moment. It's a good redemptive moment for <laughs> Billy. It's a good redemptive moment for Freddy. Everyone, like, they they prove that they're cool and they're a family. <laughs> they are a cool family that, by the way, also all have superpowers now. Yeah, well, I, that's kind of clear like do they all get to keep it if they say shazam at any time do they get to still be shazam or is it only when they're touching the staff is it only i was under the impression that they just they just have it now was my understanding that's maybe that's true it's but the foster parents don't know so that's that's the end of the movie we get like a little (laughs) um after credits scene if you're interested in that where savannah is in jail and who should who should come and talk to him but you know a little worm <laughs> his name is Mr. Mind. He doesn't I don't think he says that, but that's his name and I was very excited to see him. 
yes he's like oh i will help you extract revenge against shazam and you're like who's saying this and you see the a it's little, a little caterpillar worm. it's like it richard, is, a little is richard scary the one with, who has a worm and an apple Yes. Yes, Hell it is. Yeah, Richard Scary. Okay. Busy town. So we have uh, we have conquered Shazam. We, I mean, we haven't conquered Shazam. Shazam's still at large, but we have discussed Shazam. <laughs> and uh, now I'd like to move us into a little further discussion. Um, Chris, what do you think about uh, the relationship between Shazam and Chuck? Uh, I think, as we discussed, I think the performance of Chuck definitely groomed Zachary Levi to be a very uh strong performer in this role especially because i think that must have been evident when he was auditioning to mm-hmm. play adult freddy and mm-hmm. they're like holy shit this guy's good let's put him on the other track um i think you know little part of me was hoping that when they turned into the whole family turned into adults i was like it'd be <laughs> sweet if it was like sarah and casey and uh <laughs> that would have been actually been really cool <laughs> it was like why is this all of a sudden a chuck movie but I thought the relationship between Freddy and Shazam was similar to Morgan and Chuck. Damn it. Okay. Well, <laughs> my my note, um, which is phrasing that a little bit differently, is ah, Shazam is friends with a child, just like Chuck is friends with a child. Oh, burn. <laughs> burn. But yeah, I think uh, I think that's absolutely true. I mean, I think Freddy is uh, as a child is a little bit more redeemable than Morgan is, and I don't think he <laughs> does anything as egregious, but it is kind of interesting to see like this because well, the whole dynamic of like Freddy being like, "Oh, I'm really excited to be your friend," and then you're kind of being distant from me or like you don't value me as much as I value you, yeah. and you're so much cooler because you not that Morgan knows about the intersect yet, but that he has this kind of i don't know yeah i think that's i think that's absolutely true that was that started out really eloquent and then it kind of petered (laughs) out but that's just proof it's time for me to talk but yeah i think that's absolutely true i think a lot of the acting beats that zachary levi hits like facial expressions kind of line readings are similar to like felt very um of a piece with how chuck talks and how chuck would hit certain lines i think the situation even though it's like sci-fi science fiction science computers versus like magic superheroes like even though those two things are divergent i think it's a very similar theme um i think the only beats that weren't that similar were like there's a little bit of like i don't know if it's exactly a darkness but like billy as a like the actor playing Billy as a child and like the character of Billy in general like had maybe it's like more modern or something like there were certain things that I feel like Chuck wouldn't say like when when he said like when Shazam would say like use like man at the end of sentences or like for example when he was (laughs) when he was flossing he was flossing at one point not flossing his teeth but flossing doing a little dance (laughs) you Um, know like the kids do yeah like the kids do I think there were some there were some interesting beats to see that like Having watched a lot of Chuck, it was interesting to see, like, Zachary Levi making some different choices, maybe to be similar to this child actor and, like, be of a piece with that. But it must be interesting to play someone else, like an adult version of someone else, like, Mm -hmm. to take on those mannerisms while also, like, using your own mannerisms and making your own acting choices. And I thought he did a really good job and I was really, like, happy with his performance. I was proud. I felt very proud. I yeah, was like, that's was, my kid out there. It was like seeing our um, seeing our son. <laughs> seeing our, our son in a big DC superhero movie. Um, if only. As, maybe one day. 
Uh, I, I mean, I not our son. Like, my son. Maybe my child will be in a DC superhero movie. There's a, a lot being discussed about the future, which I do not understand right now. Well, we're going to have a foster was... family. We're going to be... We're going to adopt okay, a bunch yeah, of foster that be, kids. That would be fine. Yeah. We can do that. Yeah. Um, that I that is an acceptable way of going about that <laughs> situation. Um, as we do here at Go Shazam Yourself, uh, we have a segment that we do every week called <laughs> Shazam Mary Kill, where we take one part of this movie that we want to marry and one part of this movie that we want to kill. Uh, Aaron, would you like to announce your Shazam Mary first? Oh, I would love to. So I have a couple things that I really liked. Um, one of the more general things is just I did really like seeing all the kids turn into adults. Like that was I thought that was really cute. And that was the first time I saw it uh, completely unexpected. I'm this may happen in the comic, which I have not read, but I thought it was surprising and cute and something that we don't usually see. Like I would expect to see the kids like helping Shazam out, but I didn't expect to see a lot of Shazams. And it was cool to see everybody's alter adult ego. Um, but the thing I specifically want to highlight, my my main Mary, that's kind of like my like other, like my, my ex-wife maybe that I loved, but I, no longer it's been... Uh... <laughs> what I love more now um, is kind of like a very... I don't I wouldn't don't want to say throw away, but like a very quick joke. I don't know if you would have even if you even noticed it, but there's a scene where they're at the top of the steps featured in Rocky, because they're in Philly, so they're at I don't now I'm gonna like I haven't seen Rocky, so this is not gonna you know, that building that Rocky runs up. And um Z- Zachary Levi says I get why Rocky was training to get up here. And I thought that was cute, because like even I, not having seen Rocky, know that, like, he wasn't training to get up those steps. He was, like, training to be, like, wrestling and fighting, or boxing. He was training to do what Rocky does. He wasn't, like, so this joke really worked for me, even though I don't understand it. That's my Mary. I like he says Rocky was training to get up here, because he wasn't. <laughs> Chris, what would you marry? For my Mary, I would like to highlight a little scene that takes place during the sequence where uh, Billy is having fun being an adult and Freddie is having fun knowing an adult who is basically a kid. So that's a lot of them, you know, like they buy buying beer, beer yeah. which is funny, uh, and buying their own snacks. They also, we didn't talk about this, but they rob an ATM machine and then buy like thousands of dollars worth of electronics. Oh which yeah, why not? It's just stolen. That's stolen. <laughs> He's not pure of heart. He just stole all that shit. No, and, well, he was Shazam And the foster last parents choice. never realize, like, oh, where did all this stuff come from? They just don't see it. Well, they have, like, a lot it. of stuff. Anyhow, a nice version of this or a funny version of this is when uh, there's kind of a weird Ferris Bueller's Day Off moment where Zachary Levi as Shazam poses as Freddy's father, but he's wearing a big trench coat to cover up the Shazam suit. And they have an exchange with a security guard while... Uh, Shazam is dismissing Freddy from school, which was very endearing and awkward and funny in many ways. And it was a, a nice little comedic scene. Yeah, I thought that was cute, too. Um, <clears throat> would you like me to go first on my kill? Go for it. OK, so I had a couple things. Um, I think my major issue with this is just that I didn't understand some of the like mechanics of how Shazam works, how the villain works, um, how the sins work. I think um, one of 
one of the bigger issues within that is just like they made such a big deal like they took the time to highlight like Mark Strong says to his father like your sin has always been greed and then greed kills him and like they're like Mark Strong's sin has always been envy and like those things you can kind of extrapolate once they're said, but I don't think Mark Strong's problem as presented was necessarily envy. It was like, if anything, for me, it was closer to pride that he feels like inadequate and he's like trying to prove that he is adequate. So I wasn't really clear on how the sins worked and what they had to do with anything. And I'm sure those are just like comic book characters. So you have to use them to some extent, but like, I was unclear on what exactly they did and also like what Mark Strong's powers having them were. He like he he flew, he seemed to have the same powers as Shazam, but that seems weird that like Shazam and the Sins would have the same exact powers. Um on a smaller level, I think like the characterization and ages of the children just got a little bit confusing at points where like I guess a 14-year-old would be interested in, like, a strip club, like, trying out, like, a strip club and beer and, like, those kinds of things. I've never been a 14-year-old boy, so I don't know. But I think, like, at at points, they seemed, like, more like maybe 10. And then at other points, they seemed, like, as we were saying, like, very emotionally mature. So I think the ages and maturity of the characters sometimes got a little iffy. Um... And I think that, you know, Shazam could have just done better. Like, the wizard Shazam. Not Zachary Levi Shazam. But, like, he could have just... He could have found, like, I don't know, why Why was it Billy? Like, that, that was the thing that bothered me the first time I saw it. Like, Billy's just his last resort. That's the last one. And if he is the last one, like, make that clear how this process has been working. Like, we just see him throw some sparks in the air and, like, go find someone who's pure of heart. But, like, why do these sparks suck so bad? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I think there was some... Uh, mechanical information that was foregone for the purpose of like cool fights and like funny scenes and I like the cool fights and funny scenes but I think there could have been a little bit more development so I had my footing in this world mm-hmm. yeah I think that's that's definitely pretty spot on um, I would say if I had to kill something I would kill the <laughs> the signature DC superhero movie never-ending third act (laughs) which is the uh a massive fight scene that goes on for what feels like way too long and has a lot of anti-climaxes which i think they intend to build suspense but if anything i feel like suspense just kind of gets lessened over each anti-climax because there's like three different points during the big final fight scene where you're like oh i bet this is going to be it like this is even because like i thought that when all the kids got the powers that was going to be like the tide turning and be like all right now they're going to kick some butt but then there was still like (laughs) a decent amount of time after that and then there was the whole shazam and um savannah have their showdown and i don't know i just felt like the third act kind of dragged on could have been a little bit tighter I felt like the structuring of this movie was kind of weird I guess yeah I agree the second act was appropriately long but it's it's strange because it was like the things that you would could typically think of taking place in a first act are kind of dragged out to also be in the second act and by that I mean like establishing the character establishing the stakes or establishing the journey or establishing the villain all these things are kind of thrown into the second act and then the third act happens and it's just like big fight that goes on for 25 minutes 
And um, you are not the only person to think that because that is in a lot of the reviews. Um, I think that is a common critique of DC superhero movies. I saw, I didn't see Justice League or the Batman versus Superman movie, but I saw Man of Steel and it was a similar kind of third act where it was just like, oh my God, this just keeps going and going. And that had a whole separate, like they didn't do the DC thing of like, let's build a giant CGI city, which we slowly destroy over 20 minutes in the third act. Um, I felt like this time they didn't, you know, they weren't, the carnival was cool and a fun thing to mess around with and destroy, but they didn't like destroy Philadelphia in any kind of over dramatic, over the top way, which was good. I mm-hmm. felt like more, it was more contained. So I would say, yeah, the structuring specifically with the third act was not, not my cup of tea. Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. Um, oh. Do you think that the carnival was better utilized in Shazam than it was in Chuck versus the Gravitron? I don't know. I would say both instances are probably like the writers or creators being like, I would really like to do a scene at a carnival. <laughs> okay, well, also, why don't, how do we incorporate a carnival into this? There was a weird thing at this carnival that see, I don't well, I haven't been to carnivals in Philly. So maybe this is a thing. And I apologize to our Philadelphia listeners if it is. But they had like, it was like a fishing thing. Like it was like a an ice skating rink but like with water under it where like mark strong is trying to drown billy in it and like i don't i don't really know how ice skating rinks work but i don't think there's like i don't <laughs> they're think not usually like ponds pool. yeah yeah it it's just a it was, cheat it wasn't a pond like it was like a man-made <laughs> thing so i don't know what this was and then i saw a sign that said something to do with fishing so i don't i don't know what this was but that was weird <laughs> the uh well why don't you say we uh we give this a couple of uh, scooter scale rankings. I scooter Shazam scale rankings. Hmm, okay, Shazam Who, what, scale. What character? Uh, what character could we name this after? The security guard is named Mister Moran. We could we could call it a. I, I think he's really the standout character. <laughs> so we could call it a, a Moran scale. The Moran scale. Yeah. You know what? That's fine Hell by yeah. me. So on the Moran scale, we're gonna give the zero to five flashlights. To, to determine what we feel about this movie yeah perfect um, so i will start off by saying i will give this movie three and a half flashlights out of five wow that's pretty good um, i enjoyed this movie it, i wasn't like this is a great movie or like this is a really great entry into the superhero canon mm-hmm. i really enjoyed zachary levi's performance mm-hmm. i enjoyed uh asher angel who plays billy and um, jack Jack Dylan Grazier. Also cute kid. Who plays Freddy. Yeah, they were good. Um, all the performances were really good. thought the writing was kind of fun, aside from like the big structural things. Mm-hmm. At points, the tone of it was kind of confusing to me because I felt like at points it was like a high-budget Disney Channel original movie <laughs> in terms of what the content was and what was going on. I was like, I could see this as a DCOM. Having, but then having also- <laughs> been watching uh, Descendants this whole week, I can attest to that but with weird elements of like sudden darkness and violence i'm like that seems kind of odd um yeah obviously things i didn't understand about the the logic of the characters and superpowers and things like that um so yeah i enjoyed it it was a nice time i wouldn't go out and be like hey hey everyone you have to go watch this movie even though we're doing a podcast about it (laughs) i I wouldn't recommend it nor would i probably about it this is better seek it out again so i give it 3.5 okay um i'm gonna this is gonna be one of those rare instances when i'm lower than you 
Okay. Uh, I'm gonna. Well, I'm gonna give it a three. So not. Ooh, this. This is your second viewing of it too. So yes, I would say on my first viewing of it, I would have been closer to like three point seven five, maybe even a four. I did mm-hmm. really enjoy it the first time I saw it, just because it is, it is different from like a lot of because at the time that I had seen this, I had probably seen Captain Marvel and Endgame or was about to, and this is kind of doing something different. So I applaud it for that. Um, I think that on a repeat viewing, I think like some of the things we're talking about, the structural issues, the tonal issues, the confusion was a little bit more pronounced for me. So I think like, I think it's above average. I think the acting was good. I think that you're right. The writing was fun. I liked a lot of the jokes. I like this idea. Like, I like the idea of Shazam because there's not other superheroes like that. And I think there's a lot you can do with it. But I don't think this was, like, the best the best uh, DC movie I've seen, the best superhero movie I've seen. Like, I think maybe some, some comics pull this kind of thing off better. So I think that it was better than Middle of the Road, but it was not, um, not perfect for me. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that. I <laughs> am deeply satisfied that I've finally seen Shazam. I was excited to see it and I'm glad that I waited to the holidays to to watch it as yeah. it is a non a holi- a non-holiday holiday movie or a holiday non-movie, I guess. I don't think that like, what you just said was correct. <laughs> Cuz I guess like a holiday theme would be family. Is that yeah, what well, it's, it's kind of like it's, all about? it's kind of like how we were talking about how Chuck does this where it's like it has the themes of Christmas slash the holidays, but it's not like like overtly beating you over the head with it. Yeah, like Santa is there, but he's there. Oh, he's there. Oh, trust he's me. there. He's the he's the eighth sin or the eighth Shazam child. <laughs> kind of. I mean, if you think about Shazam, the wizard's kind of like Santa. Um, yeah. But also, there's gift giving because Shazam gives his siblings the gift of being a superheroes. That's also something that I don't particularly. I'm just concerned that they. I like that plot point, but I think that introducing it in a first movie of a, a first superhero character, like what Shazam Two is like, it's not really. Yeah, it could be Shazam Two, but you really have. It's not just about Shazam anymore. It's about a super team. Of characters. Well, I'm I'm still not sure. If anyone um, is very familiar with Shazam lore and can tell us more about this, we'd be happy to like give an update maybe later or maybe not. I mean, they're all all the the secondary Shazams are not all of them, but like they are canonical of like there's Shazam Junior, which is allegedly Freddy's character's okay. alter ego. Okay. Um, Lady Shazam was. Uh, Mary, the college age girls, Shazam. So okay, there's characters that exist in the comics that okay. um I assume that they will continue on, but who knows? Who knows? Anyhow, thank you for joining us on this discussion of Shazam. I hope you enjoyed it. Um I hope you enjoyed Shazam the movie if you watched it. Um we will be getting ready for season three of Chuck coming out in late January, early early February. But before that We will be coming back with a special episode about the Save Chuck movement, which took place in between seasons two and season three of Chuck. I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be different. And uh, yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to say, Aaron? 
Um, thank you. Thank you for listening and happy holidays, whatever you're celebrating, whether it be family, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, et cetera, et cetera. Um, or maybe just the new year. Or maybe just the new year. I am uh, from from my heart to yours. <laughs> happy, happy times. Signing off for Go Shazam Yourself. My name is Chris Gillespie reminding you that food is sexy. And my name is Aaron Arada letting you know that if a superhero can't save his family, he's not much of a hero. <laughs> Just say the word. Shazam! Shazam! All right, bye. Now we're adults! <laughs>